Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports here, and I'm doing a nice little solo episode based around the Detroit Lions. Some more off-season talk, rumors, news, updates, stuff like that. And just, I, I kind of wanted to touch on some expectations for myself um, as a Lions fan and as a Jared Goff fan. Um, just things I want to look forward to and I'm realistically expecting. I'm not going to put any outlandish takes on this team out there because, um, you know, I... Last season, you know, it was rough <laughs> starting out 1-6 and six, and then, you know, doing what we did and, and Jared Goff looked fantastic all season. Um, the offense wasn't the problem at all in the 2022 season. It genuinely was the horrific back four um, on defense. Our corners sucked. Um, our, our safeties, you know, Kirby Joseph emerged. But we were absent Tracy Walker. I mean, now we have Brian Branch. Uh, we have new pieces on defense, and we did get a whole new cornerback overhaul with Cameron Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, um, Gardner Johnson. So many guys that can come in and make potentially an immediate impact for this team and make us better than what we were last year. I mean, when you break it down, if you watched any of the tape from last season, you would have realized... Detroit Lions genuinely should have been 7-0. and Like, I'm not even fucking kidding. Like, besides that Dallas game and the Patriots game, in the first seven weeks, they should have won nearly every single game. Seattle, the Eagles, all these teams that they were playing, they were high-caliber teams. They were in the game. Their offense was keeping pace with the other opposing team's offense. It was just the defense that could not get a fucking stop. So when we were able to capsulate some better defensive production paired with this offense that's top three in the league, for sure, um, that's deadly, and that's a contender. Now, I know it's the Detroit Lions, and historically, they're probably the worst professional sports team of all time. But in the past two years with Dan Campbell, I mean, we've seen such a culture shift in that organization where it was always hopeless and just... Oh, it's the fucking Lions, man, you know? Now it's like, oh, the fucking Lions. They're fucking, they're hard fighting. They, they, they don't go out, you know, they rarely just turn over. I, I haven't seen them once do it under Dan Campbell. Granted, there's been some bad showings. There's been some inconsistency problems, especially when it comes to just the team and play calling. But I think the Detroit Lions have never been in this particular situation where they actually have a really good head coach where they actually have some in-house coaches that are going to be something in the league. I mean, look at Ben Johnson coming up from that tight end uh, coach position to now being the OC for the Detroit Lions. And he turned down job offers because, and he said this, he wanted to stay with Jared Goff. So I think that's a big signifier that, you know, kind of not only proves what I was talking about at the on-field stats and, and production that you get out of Jared Goff, who genuinely was shipped out for nothing of L.A. and was going to be a place order here. He was going to be just a bridge guy. I, I literally was not expecting him to play more than one year. I, I, I'm not even going to lie to you. After that horrendous start to the first season of him being there with Anthony Lynn as the O.C., I mean, I thought he was done. I really did. And I'm glad that they stuck with him because in 2022, he had probably the best season of his career um, even, you know, statistically not better than, you know, that 2018 season where he led, I think, what was it, like the th- 13th highest scoring offense of all time. 
uh, 33.5 points a game. But this past season, he had 4,438 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, so only seven interception, uh, seven interceptions, and he was fifth in QBR. I mean, what do you? What else do you want? He's a first overall draft pick who's been to a Super Bowl, who's been on winning teams. I, I mean, I don't know what else you want from the guy. I mean, he's he also passed 25,000 passing yards and 97 starts. The only other people to do that is Dan Marino and Peyton Manning, who. Also, Peyton Manning was talking about Jared Goff last year. He's like, if, you know, if there's a quarterback that I think can win a Super Bowl, I believe it's Jared Goff. You can win with Jared Goff. You can. You can. There's a recipe of, let me go get that playmaking quarterback. Let me go get a new young guy every three, four years, like some of these other clubs do. But what about, let's get this guy that's a seasoned vet who's a pocket passer his biggest trait later on in his career is going to have to be his football IQ. So he makes legitimate reads, good decisions, doesn't make him any errors. Because when you have a quarterback like Jared Goff, with his skill set, the one thing that you cannot excuse is turnovers. Costly interceptions you just cannot accept. I mean, if he's a, ra- a runner like a Lamar Jackson or a Justin Fields, and he, he's going to throw an occasional pick or fumble the ball... That's understandable because they're doing more as a one player. And I'm not taking anything away from Jared Goff here. Me personally, I think Jared Goff does very well in the play-action power run game setup. And when he's able to make those drop-back passes, those seven-step to five-step drops, he can deliver beauties. And he has a good arm. He really does. And one of the premier arm talents in the NFL, especially accuracy-wise... I mean, we see him drop balls into into fucking buckets, man. I mean, to, uh, Chark is going to be missed, but personally, I just I think he's going to be able to elevate whoever he, he has around him. I mean, if you just look at his career, he had Cooper Cup in the beginning stages. I could argue maybe even got him onto that momentum swing um, towards being what he is. And I want to talk about Cooper Cup in a little second here. I mean, and he also had Sammy Watkins and Brandon Cooks, guys that no one really respects right now, obviously. And they made it to a fucking Super Bowl. Granted, he was in a, you know, a very strict system. You know, Sean McVay wasn't really allowing him to thrive and grow and blossom as a, as a player. Because, you know, they only looked at him as a guy that, you know, it, he can do this if we do this for him. Type shit because you know you, you break that down. Sean McVay, Sean McVay did not bring in um, Jerry Goff. It was Jeff Fisher, but Brad Holmes did. And Brad Holmes, you know, if he's able to, you know, recapture that 2018 season and replicate it somehow with Jared Goff at helm, I think we're looking at one of the best GMs in modern NFL history. Um, not only that, because just look at his drafts. I mean, look at the, look at the guys that he's been able to pick at proper spots in the draft, not wasting value, finding the gems, and I, I mean, it's only going to get better from here for the Detroit Lions. They're built for success in the long term, and um, I think Jared Goff is going to retire a Detroit Lion. I just wanted to give him a little praise um, because he's been kind of, I guess, a topic of discussion on national media outlets. Uh, you know, I, I watch these uh, QB tier lists and all this shit, and it's it's so bad. It's so bad, you know, on ESPN and FS1. And I I sit back and I'm like, do these people even watch the games? You have Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins that better better leveled off than Jared Goff. No. No. I mean, if we're breaking it down, going into this season, 
Like, this guy beat Trevor Lawrence. This guy swept the Packers. This guy swept the Bears. The guy that, you know, the team that everyone's, you know, shout out to Brandon and the Bears, but everyone's giving Justin Fields this hype, you know, this he's going to make it or he's going to, you know, he's going to fumble. You know, they're going to have to get, get, get out from under him next year. And no one ever puts any kind of respect on Jared Goff's name. In fact, they never have. Like, ever. Like, even when he was in L.A., even when he made it to the Super Bowl, it was never Jared. It was always Jared when he, you know, made a mistake. And, you know, I know that's the NFL, but, like, there's some just blatant hypocrisy in some of the actual analysis of uh, some of these players, especially um, big, like, you know, just some of the the bandwagon clubs and stuff like that. It's just very, very wishy-washy, and I really can't, like, watch, like, NFL media anymore like it's really bad like it's it's like these people don't watch the fucking games you have daniel jones as a better quarterback than than jared goff and don't get me wrong daniel jones is good but as a quarterback let's get honest with ourselves and break down questions because daniel jones is not as good as kirk cousins maybe you know during the regular season no but in prime time i, I you know one could argue after the playoff win over the vikings last year that is the case but as far as production and numbers go throughout the entirety of the season, I'm taking Jared Goff over the, both of those guys. And, like, I I don't know what else has to be you know, said or done. Obviously, a playoff win is going to be needed for Jared Goff to even have some kind of respect or legacy put on his name. But I think genuinely with this team, with what they're doing on offense, with Jameson Williams going to be, you know, coming in week six, which, you know, it sucks that he won't be warm uh, through the first six weeks of the year and not be in rhythm. But at least we kind of get him towards like that midway of the year, you know, like so he actually will be kind of fresh, which I, you know, it sucks that he's missing the first six weeks. It's going to be potentially a game changer for us because we don't have that true, true X. But, um... I guess I can go into my, my, my rumors that I'm hearing. Shout out to Jared Goff. One of, you know, uh, love love the guy, you know. Um, but going into a rumor that I've been kind of hearing more and more as of late is that the Rams are have been kind of shopping around everyone. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. And a little, you know, a little Twitter, uh, you know, post got me kind of, you know, thinking, you know, on my shift. I was like, yeah, what What if the Lions get Cooper Cup? Like, fuck. Like, that would be amazing, right? I mean, the chemistry with Jared Goff and Cooper Cup would already be there. And Cooper Cup would have a fellow wide receiver that was formerly on his team there, and Josh Reynolds. That, that chemistry would click, I feel like, off-rip. And Cooper Cup's your ex. I mean, then you have JMO as your Y, who's going to take the tops off defenses. I am so excited for this season, you know, and I just wanted to shout out that rumor because I heard it and I've been seeing things and it, by any means, if that could happen, my God, I would be ecstatic. But another guy I wanted to talk about on the offensive side of the ball, just briefly, that just doesn't get enough love, like at all. Like he is a top 10 receiver, potentially top eight. Fuck, man. I, I, me personally, after watching him, especially these past two seasons, I put him top five. 106 catches, 1161 yards, six touchdowns, and 11.0 average catch, average um, average gain um, per catch. Which, (laughs) 
doesn't sound, you know, sounds borderline, you know, good. But, I mean, this is also coming off of his rookie season where he had 96, where he had 90 uh, catches. Um, and he also got named to a, a Pro Bowl this past year. I mean, so much about Amon Ra is to like. His route running ability, his sure-handedness, his toughness, his grittiness, and his just knowledge of the position. And it's really just, it shows with his with his awareness, with his route running ability. He finds the weaknesses and open uh, spots in the zone coverages. He can take a hit. He's really good with the yak. I, I really like Amon Ross St. Brown, and I think he's going to be a iconic Detroit Lion. And when we talk about the Detroit Lions, I think he's going to be a name, you know, in 15, 20 years that we will talk about because he's a very good player. He is a very good player, and he's only going to get better. He will only get better. So shout out to Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I'm also looking for um, Aiden Hutchinson to have kind of a breakout year. Um, even though he had a great rookie season, should have won Defensive Player of the Year, in my personal opinion. He had the same amount of picks as Sauce Gardner. Not taking anything away from Sauce, but in my personal opinion, on the stat line and genuinely for the team, I think Aiden Hutchinson did more last year and, and looked, in my personal opinion, like a legit, like, not saying Sauce Gardner is not a legitimate X factor, but uh, Aiden looked like a X factor for the Detroit Lions and they needed that. The Jets have a good supporting cast on defense. The Lions did not going into this year. They did not have anything going for them. James Houston um, and um, fucking Malcolm Rodriguez, all those guys, very... You know, we weren't sure, and now we know. So that's just something that was good for us to get a get a good gist of. And towards the tail end of the year, everything started clicking. So our rookies were playing like they've been there for a while. Everything was coming together towards the end of the season. Um, and you just love to see that, especially going forward. But I guess moving forward here towards, I guess, some of the roster... Um, I guess, if anything, updates. Nate Sudfeld is still at that QB2 position. Um, Trinity Benson is still on the uh, the roster, which I like. I, I want to see him actually get some more time. And shout out to Maurice Alexander, USFL guy, former USFL star. Played with Case Cookus, really good. Also incredibly excited to see how Marvin Jones Jr. wearing that number zero comes in and makes an impact, if any. Um, I know he's a little bit old, but, uh, you know, he's still 26 years old. You know, right now it has him at 195. So I, oh, excuse me. I was reading Tom Kennedy's uh, line there. No, Marvin Jones is 33 years old, um, 12 years in the league. I mean, he's been around um, the past four years now. I think he just spent two years in Jacksonville and he's coming back. But I like that, that bring back if you will, because, you know, Jared Goff could use another sure-handed safety valve kind of guy, and he's shifty. So we'll see if they can utilize his skill set at all. Um, Another guy I would like to keep your eye on if you're out there, James Mitchell, tight end, as well as Brock Wright and Zane. Uh, They have so many tight ends on this roster. They have four tight ends, including Sam Laporta. So definitely that tight end room looks really solid. Uh, I know Vitae is coming back for that guard position. He is a little older. He's 30. So we'll see if he's able to, you know, give us another year or two of good production. But 
Uh, maybe look at upgrading that position soon, but it looks like we have Jonah Jackson, who um, might be that guy. He's 26, so he's not too old. Um, shout out to Isaiah Bugs, John Kaminsky. Those guys I'm looking forward to as well, John Kaminsky. He's 27, but he really had a good year last year, so I, I want to see that continue. Isaiah Bugs out of Alabama, he's 26, and he's still just a consistent you know, run stopper, and I really like that about his game. Um, but the linebacking position is where I think we really should touch up on. We have Alex Anzalone, we have Derek Barnes, we have Charles Harris, and we have James Houston. We have Trevor Nowosaki and Julian Aquora, Romeo Aquora, and Anthony Pittman, and Jalen Reeves-Mabin, and Malcolm Rodriguez, as well as Jack Campbell. So, our linebacking group, I would like to see it stick with Malcolm Rodriguez, Alex Anzalone, obviously Jack Campbell, James Houston, the Okwaras, and potentially Derek Barnes. He did good things for us last year in the run game. Um, but I just want to see more of James Houston in that starting position for linebacker. I think he's going to do really good things in this defense. Really sure-handed and sure-assigned uh, rusher, pass rusher. And he he has that off-the-line speed that's just scary. It really is. Um and we still have Jerry Jacob. Shout out to him. Shout out to Will Harris, um, Khalil Dorsey, Stephen Gilmore, Chase Lucas, Emmanuel Mosley, Savion Smith, Cameron Sutton, uh, Starling Thomas, Jaron, uh, excuse me, and Jaron Williams. All of those are cornerbacks. So hopefully we can see some of these guys emerge. Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton are obviously one and two, and then I'm obviously going to be putting Jerry Jacobs probably at that that corner. Um, and then probably Will Harris at that three slot. And then uh, Brian Branch will be probably be playing safety for me. Or nickel. But Gardner-Johnson, CJ Gardner-Johnson is going to be playing nickel, I imagine. But Kirby Joseph and Tracy Walker, I really want to see those guys come into their own this year. I know Tracy Walker is getting a little old, but he is a captain still, and he deserves it. He's never, in my days as a Lions fan, he's never let me down. Um, to the point where I wanted to quit. So, and don't get me wrong, my, the guys that were doing that for me are off this fucking roster. Thank fucking God. Jeff Okuda, thank you. You're not there anymore. Mike Hughes, Jesus, why were you in a? Why were you padded up? Um, again, no offense to those guys personally, but they just were not working out for the Detroit Lions, especially when they were going up against Justin Jefferson twice a year. You need competent corners when you're going against elite wide receivers. You need to be able to double a guy competently. If you have two corners on Justin Jefferson and he's still getting over 200 yards, there's something wrong there, you know. But um, we also have Michael Badgley as our kicker, as well as Riley Patterson and uh, John Parker Romo, and then Jack Fox as our punter, and then Scott Daly and Jake McQuaid as our long snappers. Shout out to Scott Daly. He's out of Notre Dame. I know Brandon would appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just going into this upcoming season... We touched on records, we touched on all these other, you know, kind of variables for each of our teams, but, you know, I could break down the schedule, and I, I can go into each game and, you know, break that down like we have in the past, and I think I already kind of did in a, in a previous Lions episode, but I'm expecting a 10-7 and 7 or 11-6 and 6 season. I would love, absolutely love a first-round bye. 
I would love that. Like I would like I would literally sit in an ice bath for 48 hours if if the Detroit Lions get a first round playoff bye in the 2023 season. I'm marking my words right here. I'm going to eat my words if I have to. But uh you know, all I'm, all I'm going to say is you get Jared Goff in the playoffs and we'll keep it clean. We'll keep it clean. And uh, I mean he broke he, he beat Russell Wilson with a broken thumb in the playoffs in his final year with the Rams. I mean let's not forget about that. Let's not forget about that and then he went on and stayed at, he, he led it half at Lambeau. <laughs> so I mean and then he you know goes to Lambeau in the past 2 years and does his magic there too. But I mean just overall I'm very excited for this team, and I think if you are a Detroit fan, a Detroit native, uh, you should definitely get down to Ford Field and check it out. Um, make sure you support this team. They're going to be something special this year. They have a lot of flair, um, but more than anything, they have grit. They're going to be a very gritty, hard-nosed team that uh, is going to be dedicated to the rush attack and the play-action pass. But also having a bend-don't-break defense where pass rush is getting there before, obviously, a quarterback, the opposing quarterback can make any kind of you know, semi-decent decision. We want to get those linebackers, those James Houston-type guys, pressuring. They want, we want Hutchinson or Houston or Isaiah Bugs in the quarterback's lap 80% of the fucking time. Obviously, 100% of the time would be amazing, but they want pressure, and that's what they're trying to build in the trenches and then outward. And... It's a recipe for success that we've seen work with many other organizations. They're getting younger in the trenches on defensive and offensive line positions. And then moving out to linebacker, to running back, to wide receiver, to corner. And then, you know, when they have to circle around to it, they'll get that premier running back. They'll get that premier quarterback. They'll get that premier uh, safety or corner or edge rusher. But right now, I, I think we're fucking stout and I think we're looking really good. As far as roster goes and expectations overall from the national media and just overall football fans slash NFL fans across the nation are expecting the Lions to do really big things this year. So I think anything less than a playoff win would be a massive letdown. Um, But I think the ceiling is obviously a Super Bowl win. I really believe that this could be a team that becomes very dangerous around that week seven to eight mark. And if they're able to do that like they were last year and just stay in stride, I don't know if there's a team that I would rather see in the Super Bowl, but not only that, that would rather... uh, I don't know if any team in the NFC could beat them. The Lions, at their potential peak, at their potential best, I I would put them up against any NFC top dog. Eagles, 49ers, I think they could do it. And obviously that will have to be remain to be seen, but I think it's a very high possibility we're going to see a nice early taste of it, if you will, on opening kickoff at Arrowhead versus the Chiefs. Obviously, unbiased fans of, of the game are going to be like, yeah, the Chiefs got that. I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to go 28-24. to 28-24 or 28-21 type shit. Might even be a nail-biter. Might be 31-30. Who knows? But I, I do believe the Lions will go in there and use their weaponry that they acquired through the draft and offseason, as well as schematically coming up with something different on defense that provides help for the secondary, um, but also alleviates stress on the linebacking core for coverage personnel and just the ability to not like get mismatched all the time. 
um, and not let third and 17s get converted, like in that Seattle game. Like, that shit was outrageous. Like, we need a legitimate, <clears throat> like, contention, like, very <clears throat> aggressive, like, mid midsection of our defense. Like, if we if we had, like, last year, if we had... Oh gosh, what's a good linebacker to throw out there? Like a Tremaine Edmonds or like a like like a fucking um, Roquan Smith. Like we would have been able to create those stops on third down and and force the punts, but we just weren't able to do that last year, and that really hit us hard because our offense was going out there and scoring. I mean, you watched most of the games last year, and there was only like one or two games where it was a very low scoring affair with the Lions, and their offense was doing their job. But it's a team effort, so they really need that other component, that defensive unit, to be able to create stops, get off the field after three downs, create those big turnover plays that we didn't see enough of last year. And you know what? Maybe a big rejuvenating sign and piece of it will be the Okuda um, dropped, uh, in a sense. Okuda's gone. The expectations of him, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Is he a bust or not? Yes, he is. He is gone. He is not going to be blowing simple coverage. He's not going to be struggling on man-to-man. He's not going to be playing off and just someone's going to do a hitch or a slant on him and just break one off for 50. He is gone. So is Mike Hughes. Thank fucking God. But let me just say this. If we're able to encapsulate whatever the Steelers were doing and the 49ers were doing and the Eagles were doing a little bit player by player... Each of those three players that we, you know, kind of rejuvenated our secondary with are from really good defenses. If we're able to kind of use that as like a puzzle piece builder, I, I kind of like that recipe of, you know, let's get guys that have been in successful buildings, a part of successful clubs, and a part of big games as of late, and add them to our defense, and we have veterans that can couple alongside our, our younger guys like Malcolm Rodriguez, like Aiden Hutchinson, like Kirby Joseph, like James Houston, we have so much youth that we really just genuinely needed above average to potential star power. I like C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I know he's only on a prove-it deal, but I think he could genuinely be a playmaker for this defense for years to come, if, especially if he's able to show out this year, and I think he can. I really do. I know Cameron Sutton's a little old, but he's on a bigger deal, um, and I liked what he did for the Pittsburgh Steelers in his tenure there. But overall, like just the offseason, the draft, everything kind of lined up, in my personal opinion as a Lions fan, kind of perfectly. We got everything we needed. We potentially got our TG3 um, for Brad Holmes. He, you know, he, I know I, can, I already know he was looking at Jameer Gibbs, and he's like, yo, that's fucking potentially my Todd Gurley for this team. And that's a great comparison. That's a great comp. You know, don't, don't run him into the ground like he did TG3, though. And it's not even Brad Holmes' fault, but, you know, I, I see what he was going for there, if you know what I mean. But... One of the things I just wanted to touch on quickly was just the overall potential overhype of the Detroit Lions. It might be getting a little out of control, especially with national media. They're going to blow things out of proportion, get you to bet your money. I'm going to say don't be surprised if they struggle out the gate again. For some reason, the past two seasons with Dan Campbell, our first six weeks suck. Like, we show promise the first four weeks, but we lose in close games. I want us to start out strong. If we can go 4-1, and 4-2, and two, 
or or three and one, three and two to start the year, I'd be so much happier than I have been the past two seasons. I mean, it's it's rough starting out at that one and six and then clawing your way out of that hole that you dug yourself into and expecting or hoping for playoff implications to fall your way, and they just didn't um, last year. So hopefully we can control our own destiny this season when it comes to playoff time, and let's hope that Jamison Williams comes into week six and is coming there with a fucking vengeance and he's going to explode and show the NFL what he really is as a player and I'm, I'm excited for that potential uh, sequence of events as well but uh, overall just in general if you guys are a Detroit Lions fan uh, like myself I think we all have a lot to look forward to this upcoming season let's not you know disappoint or shock ourselves it is the Lions we can't you know I know we shouldn't be saying that anymore still as a Lions fans, it's not the same old Lions, but you just always got to be prepared that, you know, it is any given Sunday. And the Lions, for the past fucking half a century, have just gotten the worst of it. So, I mean, just one of those things where just prepare yourself, but at the same time, expect really good things out of this team. Like, they're on the upward swing, they're trending the right way. I don't think there's anything else you can really say about it. I really don't. Um, with that being the case, this is Trevor, and thank you guys for tuning into this Detroit Lions uh, discussion, if you will. And I hope everyone out there has a fantastic day, evening, week, month, year, whenever, however you're listening to this. All of us over here at Tea Time greatly appreciate your support. Make sure you go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Tea Time Reports. And our YouTube channel is going to be coming up very shortly as well. So look out for that kind of information and stuff like that. This is Trevor, signing off. Take care, everyone.